What's up, everybody? Aaron the Dog here, and as always, I am joined by Ryan or from, from <laughs> MMA Wage. Wow. Brandon from That's MMA Wager. Sorry, I'm on I'm on a text message right now with my other uh, podcast partner whose name is oh, Ryan. Okay. And I yeah. literally uh, smoked one too many right before there. this. <laughs> smoked one too many before this breakdown. Uh, but anyways, uh, sorry about that. Um, Aaron the dog here is always joined by Brandon. Sorry, you would think that uh, you would have won last week uh, in the Aaron versus Brandon fight. But, no, uh, I knew. I knew I was doomed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a little closer than I would have uh, cared for on that Fay breakdown. But always a sweat with Aaron McKenzie, I swear. Yeah. yeah, we had it come through and everything. Um, but, yeah, we're here uh, this afternoon uh, to break down the – First PFL of the year, PFL 2021. First PFL in two years, actually, since they took all of last year off. Hi- the yeah, and so they're going with a catchy uh, name of PFL 2021 number one. That's how they're identifying their events. They don't, you know, really do anything else other than that. Um, headlined by Pettis versus Clay Collard. Clay Collard making his return to MMA after a couple years stint over in professional boxing where he was decently successful had a i think he had a pretty big upset over in boxing where he was like a plus 800 or plus 900 underdog in one of them uh where Mm -hmm. he's facing like a legit prospect so uh spoiler he's the underdog tonight against anthony pettis but we'll get to that um but yeah i'm uh i'm happy to have more mma we're recording this on a wednesday uh so tonight there's the one fc card on free uh, on TNT over in the States, at least. I don't know the situation up in Yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern here. I know that. Yep, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's freezing here, by the way, minus six in fucking April. Yeah, it's, is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? Sorry, degrees. Okay. Six, then, just, minus six degrees. Just just making sure. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, not quite minus six here. It's, uh, it's a pretty nice day. I wore shorts and a T-shirt outside. Nice. So, yeah. You know, just the good old fashioned uh, weather weather talk here on uh, talking <laughs> KOs. But uh, yeah, what do you say we uh, hop into some fights here? Uh, yeah, man, I've been looking be forward to it. Doing the sharing of the screen here, and we're just gonna get rid of the uh, banner because that's kind of getting in the way. Um, we still have but, all ten fights um, set. Yeah, we got. We have. Uh, yeah, we have ten fights on this card. Um, all at 155 or 145. Um, yep. So uh, we should expect some uh, really good action, some familiar faces, some new faces. Um, but yeah, we'll jump on in. Loik Radzahabov. I apologize for any butchering of any names. Um, versus Alex Martinez. Uh, Alex Martinez making his PFL debut. Uh, Radzahabov we should be uh, familiar with. His last fight was for a million dollars against Natan Schult. He went to decision, uh, 30 years old now, 13-2-1, taking on the 7-0 newcomer, uh, Alex Martinez, uh, about to turn 27 years old, uh, 5'10", fighting on champion Jim. Not too familiar with that. Um, 5'10", like I said, uh, decent sized uh lightweight um so far in his career has finished six of seven fights uh, a few of them by submission a few 
with uh, his strikes. Uh, he looked pretty uh, well-rounded. I was able to watch his fight against Christopher Ramirez, um, mm-hmm. who uh, that was for Icon last year. Um, Christopher Ramirez was a pretty rangy striker, but caught him in a guillotine pretty early on and uh, adjusted and finished with a standing guillotine. So Alex Martinez seems to have like some decent skill, to be honest. I think he's uh, definitely being a little bit counted out of this uh, one just based on uh, his opponent and his opponent being familiar with PFL uh, and you know having an impressive record of 13-2-1, so double the experience. Um, Loic, uh, he's definitely good, very well-rounded, um, doesn't do anything bad. Um, we see a couple, we see a split decision on here. We see a majority draw. So, and then, uh, even his decision losses to Magomedov and Schult are competitive. So I honestly, when I look at this fight, I expect it to be a pretty competitive fight myself. Um, I think that originally, uh, Johnny Case was, uh, scheduled to be Alex Martinez's next uh, fight. Um, so that was a guy who fought in PFL. So I think that this is, you know, this is a, uh, he's also a Canadian prospect. He's fighting out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. So, um, but yeah, I think, I expect this to be a really close fight. I think it's going to go to a decision. Um, I think a lot of these fights tonight are going to be very close. Um, and a lot of them are going to go to this since just because of the way these guys match up. This is a big step up for Alex Martinez. That's one of my big holdups on fully picking him. But um, I have a feeling with Loik's price, I'm not going to be able to be comfortable with that either. So I would lean um, Loik, but I'd see a split decision, which means I could see it either way, really. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is this is going to be a good scrap. To start up, uh, to start off the uh, fight card, um, yeah, we got my Canadian prospect here. He's not uh, born in Canada, but he's been training in Alberta. Born I think in he's Paraguay. Paraguay, Paraguay yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, South America. Uh, you know those South Americans are tough. It's hard to uh, get them out of there. They fight with their heart on their sleeve every time. Um, yeah, Martinez is coming in short notice. He's an undefeated mm-hmm. prospect. He's fought an icon, which is, uh, I think, David Van Ancoon um, uh, promotes icon. Yep. Yeah, he's super close with him. Had, I've had a lot of guys come to there, and a lot of guys after the UFC um, work their way back up. It's definitely a good feeder organization. Yeah, we just saw Jason. Um, Jason Knight. Jason Knight just had a crazy performance, and uh, Brock Weaver as well. He could yes. uh, get – one or two more wins in Icon and maybe get back into the UFC. How about but, those yeah, guys are, on a contender series fight, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't hold Brock Weaver in the highest regard, but that Icon fight actually opened my eyes a bit. He does. He's been learning. He's got potential. But I'm just saying Icon is a good uh, promotion, good, um, like, uh, just starting off promotion. They're still growing, obviously. But yeah, uh, he he won in that. He's he's got a couple brave fights, but he's fighting somebody who's fought some of the best of the best in PFL. Islam Mamadev, Rashid Magomedov. He has a win over Chris Wade. A win over Chris Chris Wade is very well. He's he got thirty twenty seven over him. That's the only reason yes. I kind of hold it in higher regard than most because was, Chris he Wade first, was he the first to beat Chris Wade over in PFL? 
He must have been one of the first because he's had a very uh, successful career in PFL other than – Because it was pretty impressive. It was a split decision. Yeah. So Natan Schultz and Lope – Oh, Schultz was a split decision? Yeah, he won a split with him. They could have won either way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like Chris Wade, man. So if you went over him, I like like your style. Especially 30-27. Yeah, and and the age, I think – Loic Radzabov Radzabov is just in a – he's in the prime of his career. He's got a big following. Um, He's going to be hungry to get another W here, start off in the uh, PFL format on the right way. We should probably um, just uh, say a few things about the tournament, how um, there's no elbows involved in these fights. We have to throw uh, throw that out there. Yep. Um, and it's also a point-based format to get into the playoffs. So not all these fighters will be um, competing in the playoffs. They're fighting to get points, to accumulate points for a chance to compete in the playoffs. Um, there's only going to be four fighters from each division um, chosen to be in the playoffs. So even if you win two unanimous decisions, you're still not guaranteed a spot. So Lance Palmer was kind of pissed off about that. I heard him in his interview saying, if I win two fights, I should be in the playoffs no matter what. But uh, whatever PFL wants to do, he can can leave PFL whenever he wants. It's only a one-year contract each year. It's not like PFL is – they're not holding these guys for 12 years at a time. It's a one-year contract. So, yeah, Lance Palmer, if he wins two – if he wins dominantly twice and doesn't get into the playoffs, he's going to be kind of pissed off, and he'll probably uh, explore explore uh, free agency, maybe get into the UFC or potentially Bellator. But, yeah, back to this fight. So, yeah, th- those were just a few PFL PFL rules, no elbows, point-based system. I like points based on a finish. So a first-round finish gets you the most points. The decision gets you the least. Yeah, I think I, – I don't know the exact point-based. That's how it is. I don't know the exact – like round one might get you six points and then yeah. a decision is three points, something like right. that. It's something to that effect. And so far at least, it hasn't seemed to have that much of an effect on the finishing rate. Um, no, it see, hasn't. You see a lot – actually more decisions over in PFO. Part mm-hmm. – they had two two fights in one night. At one point, I'm not sure if they're going to do that again, but – um, either way, you would think on paper you'd be like, oh, you incentivize the finish, and like it, it just it doesn't yeah, work. You would way. think you'd get more finishes this way. No, because but both it, guys are trying not to get finished and like it's it's not just like I want to finish, like, oh, you want to finish, so I'm done. Like, I don't want you like it's a fight. Yeah. One so. million dollars, you gotta think about that. That's in the back of your head the entire time. Yeah, and a guy like Lance Palmer who can control ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of featherweights outside of the UFC uh, has to hate knowing that he can get two 25s and be shut out. That's, that's hard for any of the wrestlers in here just because guys, you know, and, and it does potentially play into an advantage for an Alex Martinez to become a household name in a year because he's not going to decision like here. I think no. most likely uh, he's going to have to come on and kind of just blitz them in that first round gas pedal go for it um you know both these guys have a high round one and round two finishes neither of them have a 
a high percentage in decision wins or round three finishes. So I'm expecting a quick finish or um, Alex Martinez to be like a tough outing and last uh, three rounds. Mm-hmm. But I, my official pick is Loic. I don't, I don't think we have to spend more much more time on on this one. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so we're gonna move on here. Um, the odds just to cover those. Uh, Loic yeah. is a minus three sixty five favorite. I'm seeing up to minus four ten, depending on the book. That's rough. A plus three. If I can get a plus three hundred on Alex Martinez, I'm taking the shot. That's just me. Uh, as a gambler here, I I think um, you know, Loic might be a good parlay piece. Yeah, I'm not as sold on that, but that can be yours. Uh, I I like Alex's uh, uh, amateur experience as well, and uh, yeah, I, think I noticed that. He that. Was, I think he was preparing for a pretty legit opponent. So moving on yeah, to the next fight here, Loic does have a couple teammates on this card as well. Um, at a UFD, Jim Dazzledoff. We'll, well, we'll get to them. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to uh, Fair enough. So um, next fight is at featherweight. It's our first featherweight fight between two uh, UFC outcasts, actually. Uh, Sung Bin Joe and Tyler Diamond. Uh, 9-1, and one, taking on 11-1, 28 years old. Sung Bin Joe, uh, the Korean Falcon, as he was referred to, taking on Tyler Durden, formerly of Tough. Five seven versus six foot right away is what I noticed. Yeah, um, and it's only a one and a half inch reach advantage disadvantage, but that means that the legs there's a significant difference in leg reach, mm-hmm. um, and so that could you know play into uh, making it a little tougher for maybe Tyler to get this fight to the ground, which is I think where he's going to need it. Um, Tyler Diamond, uh, thirty years old now, five seven. Uh, fighting on Team Alpha Male. Uh, he's a Team Alpha Male guy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to really put it. Um, they haven't you know, looked he's a that great lately, actually. Team What's Alpha that? Male. They've they've just been, like kind of dropped off lately. Team Alpha Male as a whole. I just like yeah. uh, we saw Alex Munoz have a competitive decision versus Luis Pena, but uh, they were supposed to have uh, Ricardo Hamo Ricardo Hamos on that UFC card, but he got COVID or somebody did. I just, just who, like, name, oh, well, I'll name one good team alpha male fighter. You know who uh, I'm going to say? Somebody from Bellator. Uh, go ahead. Chris Gonzalez. He oh, is the number Gonzo. one team alpha male. I think we might have a few people on this card who uh, fought with Chris Gonzalez, who fought Chris Gonzalez, or at least one that I'm breaking down for either this card or a card coming up who had a really close fight with Chris Gonzalez early on. Aaron so. McKenzie last week. Was it Aaron McKen- There's, I think there's someone this week, too. Maybe Lazar Stondovic, uh, I believe, uh, who's yeah. taking on a guy later on. I believe but That he guy's fought. legit. Like one of my favorite fought. upcoming prospects, Chris Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, I believe he fought Chris Gonzalez to a close decision, not the prospect, the other guy. But back to this fight. Tyler Diamond um, on tough. He lost by knockout to Jay Cucliano. That's yeah, not, that's bad. That's, that's real bad. bad. Uh, he got tired and then he got knocked out. He had, did that's good. He had a majority decision to Bryce Mitchell. It was a really good grappling bout. He's since mm-hmm. had two straight wins. Uh, John Neal, he took his O, so that's always good to see. John Neal's gone on to lose two straight, I believe, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Justin Lynn, I'm not familiar with him. Eight and four, he finished him real quick, 38 seconds. Came out, 
got the back, grappled. Um, yeah, I think that we kind of know what Tyler Diamond wants to do. He wants to kind of just wrestle, keep this fight on the ground. Fight's pretty similar, if I'm being honest, to Munoz. Um, so we got the wrestler versus uh, a striker for the most part in Sung Bin Ju. Although he does have, I believe, five uh, submission finishes as well. Four submissions, uh, yeah. Four submission finishes, five KO uh, finishes. Um, fin- got a decision last time against uh, – was on the short end of the decision against Daniel Tamer last time. Daniel Tamer just came in and fought a really desperate fight. Um, fight side t- Tiger Muay Thai. Um, I've liked what I've been able to see when I've gone back and looked at Sung Bin Joe's tape. Uh, he has had five-round experience before. So, um, you know, when I look at kind of the cardio, potential cardio here, I think it could go Sung's way. Um, but I do think that Tyler's going to, you know, look to take this down, and I think that's where – you know, Sung showed some issues before against Daniel Tamer. I frankly rate Tyler Diamond's grappling much better. Um, but if Sung's shirt up that hole in his game, it's been a year and a half since he's fought, almost two years actually, fought in June of 2019. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, Tyler can be KO'd. Um, and I do think that Sung has the power to do so. So... I'm going to actually go with the underdog here, and the guy was in the UFC more recently. I'm going to go Sung Binju Ho. Yeah, the Japanese fighters. Yeah, they've looked great, man. Like, in one, they've been winning by KO. Mm -hmm. I like Sung Binju. I'm going to say around uh, round two KO. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, round two. Yeah, um... Tyler Diamond, Team Alpha Male uh, uh, product. He 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 fights like Team Alpha Male guy. He's a boxer wrestler. He'll take you down, try to ground and pound you, win by a unanimous decision if he can. Um, and that's or what get we saw. In Forty seconds. Yeah, that did you see that fight? Uh, I ended up seeing a Twitter highlight of it. It was a nice, definitely a nice finish. It wasn't controversial. Mm-mm. No, he finished him. No, because sometimes I see those quick finishes, and I'm like, how does how does that happen so fast? Sometimes I think it might yeah. be controversial, but at the same time, it it could be uh, for real. No, it was just but I mean, it was like he took the back and squeezed. Yeah, and that's what Team Alpha Male guys do. That they are experts in guillotines, rear naked chokes. Um, yeah, both UFC standouts. Um, Tyler Diamond did go one and one on the Ultimate Fighter. He lost his uh, UFC debut versus Bryce Mitchell. It was a majority decision. There was a 10-8 round in there, so I'm guessing Bryce Mitchell might have got a 10-8 and made it made it the majority. I didn't. Yep. Uh, I haven't watched that fight recently, but but yeah, they, both these guys. Um, they're young. They're in their prime. Like you said, if um, Sung Bin Joe. Uh, worked on his grappling and can keep this on the feet. He's got a great chance here. Um, we just saw Sung Sungwoo Cho beat um, Yusuf Zalal like, yep. like two months ago. And um, I'm pretty sure they train together, Sung Bin Jo, or at least they, they're on the same circuit. So, yeah, if they, if they have similar training partners or coaches, 
uh, Sung Woo Cho looked incredible as this fight. Yusuf Salal could not get that takedown. And if he, if Sung, Sung Bin Jo in this fight can replicate mm-hmm. what Sung Woo Cho did, he could definitely steal a decision here or even potentially, like you said, a second round knockout. But yeah. the the game plan has been has been um set to beat um to beat Sung Bin Jo with Daniel Tamer and Tyler Diamond has that exact blueprint to beat him. So I'm not counting Tyler Diamond out either. He can easily win this by decision. I don't think he'll finish him. But um yeah, um based off the odds, I like Sung Bin Jo to uh, at least you know, put up a good fight and um, potentially cash as a as a decent sized underdog here. Yeah, I um, yeah, we get to the odds just to finish that off. Minus three fifty for Tyler Diamond. Uh, Sungbin Joe so coming it back. Up. At, it must have went up. Yeah, coming back at plus two sixty. Um, the odds have been the money has been shifting towards Tyler, but I like the shot at the dog so. We'll leave the it at that. Win, guys. Fade the yeah. public. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I think Tyler Diamond has one of those names that sticks with the public's mind. He was on Tough. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, and I just think Sungbin Joe. People don't even realize his last fight was in the UFC. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But, and um, Tyler Diamond could potentially fight Lance Palmer in the tournament. Former training partners. Yeah, that would be in, that would definitely be interesting. Um, but I'll go Lance if, if they ever fight. If Sung Bin Joe can get a first or second round finish, he moves himself into a position to really be. Look at all the play. belts on him. He's got yeah. two belts around his shoulders. Six that tells you. Six feet tall, good looking uh, potential prospect, and yeah, uh, has had a year and a half, has had a year and a half off to really improve. Um, so let's take the dog, being, Aaron. What's that? Let's take the dog. We got. We both got the dog here. So with that Let's being said, it. we're gonna move on to your boy, Chris Wade, uh, yes. and uh, Mister uh, Dizzy. Um, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Anthony. Uh, Anthony Dizzy. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Lamas out of France. Uh, he's thirty-two years old, taking on to thirty-three now. Thirty-three-year-old Chris Wade. Uh, the Long Island Killer, oh, wow. as he's re- referred to. Um, didn't realize yeah. that Chris Wade was 33. Um, and so and I'm going to start with 155? This is at 155. or one four, Yeah, okay. 155, yes. Anthony Dizzy coming up from 145 um, for this fight against Chris Wade, who's a pretty good size, lightweight. Actually, this is at featherweight. So my mistake. This is at featherweight. This is Chris Wade's debut at featherweight, I believe. Yeah, it must be. Um, so he's going to be massive for this weight um, if he can make the uh, scales. Uh, yeah, so that is Chris one forty six. That is definitely an aspect of this I didn't take into account. Um, I thought that it was Anthony Dizzy who was coming up in weight uh, for this fight. Anthony Dizzy has fought at one fifty five before. Uh, he got knocked out by Tim Wilde in a really crazy fight um, that was really outstanding, and he was dominating. He's definitely a definitely a grappler, uh, just like kind of a grinder. Anthony Dizzy is. He just grinds. He's played spoiler a few times uh, to some undefeated guys. Um, he beat Colin Fletcher, uh, outgrappled him, former 
UFC guy, decent grappler, beat Mark, Martin Stapleton, beat Lawrence uh, Fitzpatrick, um, has some good wins and uh, just doesn't do it that impressively. Uh, mm-hmm. Did fight at featherweight in his last uh, performance, which was against a 10-3 and three guy in Zalembeg Omarov. Uh, he ended up getting to finish in the third round. Um, yeah, for the most part, he goes to decision, doesn't get a lot of finishes, to be honest. So was impressive to see in his featherweight debut. He was able to get the finish. Um, Chris Wade, uh, solid, solid guy. Um, he's been around for what feels like forever and has kind of always fought the same. Goes to a lot of decisions. Um, does have one finish in the PFL. It was a first-round guillotine choke over Yuki Kawana. Uh, other than that, uh, fights everybody close. Uh, as a decision, uh, lost to Islam Makachev back in the day. Um, close decision, loss, losses to Natan Schultz. Um, lost to Loik Radzabov in... Uh, his last fight, uh, and that was at 155, uh, and now he's making the cut down to 145. I frankly did not know that, uh, and against a guy like Anthony Dizzy, um, I think it, it could be interesting uh, position. I was already a little interested in Anthony Dizzy under the impression this was a 155 fight. Now knowing it's 145, Anthony Dizzy is just like a grinder. He sticks mm-hmm. on you. He makes a tiring game plan. If I'll say this right now. If Chris Wade looks rough at the weigh-ins, I'm taking a look at this one. I'm not making any action on this till I see what Chris Wade looks like on the scale. If he misses by like 0.75 pounds or something, um, I might be really looking into Anthony Dizzy here. Anthony Dizzy has fought at 155 as well. Um, and Chris Wade, 33 and a half years old now, um, and has been in a lot of grueling grinding affairs a lot of decisions not been finished but still it's a lot of a lot of miles on the tires here um so i i'll go with chris wade as of now and assuming that the weight cuts done effectively and nicely and he looks good but if he's looking rough if he needs the towels if he doesn't make weight we might have to look at anthony dizzy just grind anthony dizzy anytime i'm going to pick him it's going to be to grind out a decision I don't know how you could pick him to get a finish. That's just, he's a grinder. Yeah, he kind of has a similar game plan to uh, Chris Wade. He's also, Chris Wade is also a grinder. He's got a good karate wrestling base. Um, Never been finished. Um, He's lost by six decisions, though. Five unanimous, one split. But against pretty good competition, Natan Schulte, who's a two-time PFL champion, uh, the aforementioned Loik Radzibov, um, Islam Makashev. We've seen him, like he might be the next UFC lightweight champion. Hussam Kabilov when he was in his prime. Yep. So, yeah, the guys, Aussie, like if you're Russian, you're going to beat, you're going to beat Chris Wade, it seems like. This guy's French. He's from France. Um, I do like um, what I've seen from Fran- French athletes lately. They've looked, very strong in the striking department and um, like long and lanky. But you said this guy's more of a grappler. Yeah, he's a grinder. He does have a three-inch uh, reach. Stick on yeah. yeah, he does have a three-inch reach advantage on Chris Wade, which I'm surprised about. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, he does. But he's three inches shorter, which is yeah. like I, I noticed these French fighters are so long and lanky, all of them. 
Um, I just, uh, I think the competition difference is going to play a factor here. I don't like how Chris Wade is dropping 10 pounds at 33. I don't know mm -hmm. what, um, what drove him to do that. Uh, we saw Omar Morales go down to 145 in the UFC against Giga Shikadze, and he got completely outskilled, and he was just so slow at that weight class. You could tell there was a big speed disadvantage. I know well, and he rebounded. He, he, he did, and Omar Morales is in his 30s as well, so I think that's an apt comparison. He's a bigger 155er, which I considered Chris Wade, um, and also – uh, Omar looked a lot better in his second go around at 145. So I think yeah, that exactly. there he, could be this, an adjustment. Exactly. Like this one is a question mark. He could look flat uh, that first time going to 145. I don't know if he wrestled at 145, um, but he's a, he's a true 155er. I've only seen him fight at lightweight. So this is a strange uh, trajectory in his career going to one. 45 maybe he thinks he can bully these uh featherweights but um like you said anthony's somebody who's gonna stick on you and uh try to try to grapple you and that's chris wade's game so mm -hmm. yeah like you said if uh if he looks drained at the weigh-ins he might he might need a uh, that initial debut to finally settle into 145 because there is a speed disadvantage when you go down you're facing fighters that are a lot faster they may be smaller, but they're faster, uh, usually faster twitch. And, um, yeah, I like sometimes chin issues, too, with weight cutters. Exactly, yeah, the dehydration. Um, he's never been knocked out, but there's a first for everything. Anthony yeah. Dizzy does have five knockouts, and he's from, like, these French fighters are legit at striking. I've seen some of them. I don't know if this guy's in the same realm, but... No, not really. I mean, this guy's kind of an old school, but yeah. I mean, so your official pick would be Chris Wade, but by decision. Ways. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty much yeah. on the same boat as you are right now. Yeah, and Chris Wade right now, um, you know, now these odds make a little more sense to me. Um, he's a minus two fifty five favorite. I think a lot of that is weight cut pending and new weight weight class, and just he's facing a guy who makes it close with everybody he's been in there with. Tim Wilde's a legit. Uh, guy, I mean, Lawrence Fitzpatrick, like yeah. I said, Marcus Stapleton, those guys are all, I'd say, on a level similar to Chris Wade, if I'm being honest, especially at this point in his career. So we're going to agree here, but that's definitely pending. Um, I think mm -hmm. this is an interesting fight, and we're going to move on. So we're moving on to the next fight, and uh, I'll make sure to keep an eye on what weight class these are all in. At 155, Ahmed Aliyev. Taking on Mikhail Adintsov, uh, dancer versus the butcher. Uh, this is one I'm very uh, much looking forward to. Uh, mm -hmm. Mikhail making his uh, PFL debut at 18 and two, so really nice record. Uh, 29 years old, five nine, um, known as dancer. Um, you know, and uh, I mean he's a he's a Big he's mostly a stand-up kickboxer for the most part. Most of his finishes um, that he does have coming by way of strikes. Has a couple rear naked chokes early on. Um, honestly, not too familiar with a lot of the um, level of talent he's faced. Um, he has been finished um, before. 
by guillotine. One of his yep. losses is by uh, the other losses by a disqualification. And I'm not exactly sure what the disqualification was. I wasn't able to find the fight. Um, he's faced a range of competition. Uh, his guillotine choke loss was to a guy who was 21 and one coming in the fourth round. So, um, I mean, I think this guy's definitely very tough. He's fought on RCC, the road to PFL. Uh, so that was last year. Had two decision wins over a 39 and 18 guy and an 18 and 8 guy, as well as a 15 and 4 guy. So definitely has faced a good range of competition coming into this one. Um, it's hard to find a ton of tape on him, but for the most part, um, likes to rely on his kickboxing. Ahmed Aliyev, the butcher, 5'8". I really like this guy. I liked what I saw out of him last year uh, in the PFL uh, series. Fights out of Eagles MMA, uh, so that's always good. Um, Did have a decision loss to Chris Wade, um, so um, that's definitely one. But uh, had a first-round knockout of Carlos Silva, um, which I found uh, pretty impressive. Throws really uh, good Wheel kicks and spinning kicks as well. Had a wheel kick finish of an 11 and 0 guy in Magos Sayed uh, Ali Bekov. Uh, has a decision win over Rashid Magomedov. Um, that was a really tactical fight where he was able to mix in the takedowns and uh, just out Magomedov, um, Magomedov, which is not easy. Uh, he did lose by arm triangle to Natan Schult uh, in uh, the. I believe it was uh, the semifinals of that, um, but yeah, it gave a good gave a good showing of himself. Uh, I like I really like Eagles MMA overall right now. I'm not sure if he's going to have Khabib in his corner or not um, with uh, the UFC going on this weekend. But either way, um, I like Aliyev's level of competition, his experience in the PFL, his ability to really mix it up here. He's not just going to look to keep this a kickboxing fight against a kickboxer. I think he's going to look to um, mix up the takedowns. Being able to take on Rashid Magomedov multiple times is no easy feat. I think that's kind of the route Aliyev goes and uh, gets a um, possible finish, but I think definitely a pretty comfortable decision for him. I think there's just kind of levels to this game. and um, I've only been able to see – um, a few of Mikhail's fights over in road to PFL. And uh, he looked good, looked to really control the fight on the feet. But I think if you crowd him, uh, don't give him that space to get off the kickboxing. I think that this can be a good fight for Aliyev to um, establish himself in the tournament. Yeah, this is a, this is a great fight. Like, like this might be the dark, hor- dark horse of the tournament. Mikhail mm-hmm. uh, Odinsev. Just yes. like we saw uh, Yatsha Meridov in um, Bellator. A lot of people considered him the dark horse. And like you said, there's levels to this game. And Corey Anderson showed he's on an entirely different level. Yes. Um, I don't know if I can say the same about Ahmed Aliyev. He has faced really good opposition. He's 19-6. and six. Um, Yeah, I don't think... Habib will be there because PFL is at a crazy bubble. Like okay. they've had to quarantine for like three weeks or something. So yeah, yeah, I doubt Habib's going to be there, but obviously um, he'll be there spiritually in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. Both guys have 
good records, but the competition difference like plays a huge factor here. Ahmed Aliyev has faced like some of the best in PFL. Um, Mikel did get a ticket to PFL uh, beating Tamar Nagabin and uh, Shabanov, both by unanimous decision, but those were both three three times three minute rounds. So they weren't even um, full. Well, because there are two fights in one night, so they shortened the, uh, the length of the rounds. Um, this time he's coming in three times five minute rounds, so that might play a bit of a factor here for him. Ahmed did get finished in round in round two by Natan Schultz, who who is the two-time PFL champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did cash as an underdog versus Rashid Magomedov, mm-hmm. winning two rounds against uh, a very formidable opponent in Rashid, who we've seen um, really dominate UFC. And then he fought Natan that, and he fought Natan later that night. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was after that decision win. Mm-hmm. So I I can't hold that loss in in a in such high regard because say him on a full trail, it might be a different story. He lost to Chris Wade, who I said earlier, who who I think is a very good opponent. Um, yeah, I, I like your your thoughts here, Ahmed Aliyev. I I did um pick him originally, but I dug into his Mikel's um, record. He looks, he's definitely an unknown. He's the dark horse in this competition. I don't want to uh, load up. Honestly, I don't want to load up at all on these initial fights in PFL because I want to get a good feel of like where they are in their, um, like it's been two years since most, most of these um, competitors have fought. Mm-hmm. So I want to get a good feeling of where they are in their careers and how they look. But, but my initial thoughts for sure is Ali of this guy's riding a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven win streak. His opponent, Mikel, is riding a seven fight win Correct. streak. He's yeah. got a lot of momentum. I, I just I don't have a confident pick in this one, to be honest. Yeah, I just think Aliyev is going to be able to mix it up and is the far better overall MMA guy from what I've been able to see again. But um, yeah, I thought we Ali, get the, let, let's get to the odds. Yeah, we get to the odds. I think Aliyev can hang with it on the feet, but I think he needs to crowd and look to use the grappling, use his wrestling. And I do think he'll be able to get Mikel down multiple times. And I'm not sure how Mikel's get up game is. I think for the most part, he keeps fights at the distance. He keeps, you know, kind of the outside of the black circle. Um, and, you know, I think that. I think there's uh, ways Aliyev can definitely exploit the game. Aliyev is only a, on this one. Yeah, Aliyev only a minus 150 favorite. Um, yeah, I thought and, he beat minus 250, to be honest. Yeah, I just – he name. doesn't look he doesn't look that impressive. Uh, he's 5'8". He's a little bit short for the division. But uh, he, you know, has a striking game that reminds me somewhere of like a John McDessey. We saw how mm-hmm. McDessey looked a few weeks ago against the taller striker. Um, just because you're the shorter guy doesn't mean you can't use the outside game at points. Uh, that's definitely a misnomer. He's only one inch shorter than his counterpart mm-hmm. tomorrow or on Friday. Right, exactly. So uh, I, I like Aliyev. I particularly like him at this price. There's not a lot of prices on this card that I'm loving. Minus 150, I just think that, you know, that's 
I think he the level of competition of the two uh, is going to be a huge difference. Seven fight win streak, yes, is very impressive, and some of those guys are decent that he's fought. So I will say that um, I think that's where the respect comes. Plus one twenty for Mikhail, but we got Aliyev minus one fifty. I'm not yeah. loading up, but it is one of the ones that um, I'm gonna you know parlay with you know a Lance Palmer spoiler alert or uh, you know like a few of these uh, later fights where I feel better about the favorite. Yeah, so a minus 150 is a nice little builder there. Maybe I'm falling for a trap here, and maybe Vegas knows something I don't uh, with this that's, one. Yeah. But that's that's why I alerted people, don't don't load up on this fight at all. Yeah, this one does. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people are falling in love with Aliyev the way I have, so I'll say that first and foremost. But it sure feels like a trap to me. Um, but we will find out in a couple of days, and not loading up on this card is not a bad idea. A next fight at 155 should be really exciting. Um, Joltan Lud- Lutterbach. Uh, he yep. also goes by uh, Joy- Joltan, I think, Santos, right? Yeah, that's how I, I originally known him. But I guess yeah. he changed his name to Lutterbach. Okay, I don't know what that's about. But I knew him as Joltan Santos as well. He's yeah. been around for a little while now. Tw- 28 years old. 34-8 and eight record. Wild record. Brazil's going to Brazil. Uh, yeah. Fighting on UFD gym, uh, taking on Roush Manalo, uh, uh, thir- 11 and 3 uh, overall. And uh, yeah, this is a, this is a interesting fight here. Um, Santos uh, was originally uh, booked against uh, someone else, I believe. Oliver Obama Mercier. Yeah, against uh, the Canadian Gangster. Yeah, the Canadian gangster um, Santos here has fought at uh, welterweight uh, before, um, and now he's fighting at 155. I'm trying to see. I don't know with these last few fights if he was at 155 or welterweight. It's giving me no uh, sort of identification, but I do know he was fighting at welterweight when he got his finish in Cage Warriors. Um, So... This is another one where a guy is going to be dropping a bunch of weight here. But before he dropped the weight, he was getting finishes by punches. First round, a lot of first round finishes. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, two minutes, less than two minutes uh, against middling to decent competition. Craig White, he wasn't able to finish, but he did get a decision over him. Uh, his loss was to Duplice, uh, who we've seen how good he is. Um yeah, this is one where it seems like Santos all day. Um, when I look at, you know, he's, he has a win over Alex Oliveira, not but not the Alex Oliveira you think it is. This is nine and ten Alex Oliveira. Um, so, anyways, Chico. Alex Oliveira. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Were they the same then, or were they different? No, different. Okay. Uh, and then Roush Manfio. Uh, he's eleven and three. Uh, definitely has less uh, experience. Twenty fighting on Team Nogueira um, has, has a loss to Sydney Outlaw. Um, is his last MMA fight back in 2018? It was a decision loss. Um, also has a loss to Matt Frivola. Did finish Demarcus Jackson to take his O away in Titan by ground and pound. So that's definitely impressive. After last week, we saw. Um, yeah, I mean this is. Interesting. Um, Santos was preparing for a much different opponent. Um, 
Manfio is going to, you know, also try to grapple though at the same point. So I think the game plan will be the same for Santos. He's going to try to, you know, connect early on and get a finish. But uh, I do think that, you know, there are uh, certain points to exploit with Santos, particularly coming down from 170 to 155. I'm not sure if this is his first time or not, but he was a decent-sized welterweight, and I think that cut could be risky and there could be potential gas issues. But I'm going to have to go with Santos here. He is the better um, striker, the better face to better level of competition, um, and should be able to finish this one pretty early on. I think he's a guy who probably, if I had to guess, is a fan of the point system being for finishes, um, being that, uh, you know, he's basically uh, known for his finishing ability. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um, so we got some Brazil on Brazil action here. Um, Raush is coming in short notice. Uh, he's a replacement for my boy, Oliver Obama Mercier, who I was very excited to see in the PFL tournament, but it is what it is. Um, Raush has, um, some, uh, good wins. Well, not, well, it's, it's hard to like, he has good losses, but his wins aren't the most formidable which is the no, same with, with Jolatin. Like, you can't find a really formidable win on his resume either. Like, they're far and in between. Like you said, Brazil's going to Brazil, and it's going to be a lot of uh, stepping stones. Yeah. And and Jolatin is um, definitely one of those guys who gets in there and fights fights uh, opponents that aren't on his level, I, I find, and he just racks up uh, – like kind of somewhat easy wins mm -hmm. uh, when he lost in pfl or no he never fought in pfl but okay i'm thinking of someone else someone else uh fought like three times after pfl and got a bunch of wins but this guy is also coming out of ufd jim uh uh Desseldorf, who we uh spoke about earlier uh rob Robdanov is on that it, like he uh he competes in that same gym so uh he's got some familiar names alongside him coming into this fight uh he's riding a five fight no four fight win streak uh only losing to Dricus Duplessis who we've seen in the UFC who I hold in uh in a high regard he's a great opponent i think he's going to go far in the UFC um, other than Drickus Duplessis, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and one in his last eleven. So yeah, he's a he's a great competitor. Raouche coming in short notice, like you said, he beat Demarcus Jackson. That's probably his most uh, notable win, beating yeah. him by ground and pound round three. He's lost to Matt Frivola. He lost in the Ultimate Fighter on the Ultimate Fighter to Glaco Franca, who's got. A crazy reach advantage, another PFL uh, competitor. Um, so yeah, he's got good losses on his resume. Sydney Outlaw, another another all good decisions too. Yeah, all decisions. Like it's hard to finish this guy. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Letterbach, Jolton Letterbach is a finisher. He does have ten decision wins, which is surprising. 
but 20 out of his 34 wins are in round one, which is a 59% um, rate, which isn't <clears throat> like 59% actually isn't that high. 41% of his fights go past round one and he still gets the finish. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think we're on the same page here. I like uh, Joel, Joel to uh, pick up another W here, but it's just hard to trust somebody who really hasn't been tested and it just seems like he finds mediocre opponents to beat up. Yeah, I feel like we had a breakdown a few weeks ago and I can't. Uh, place which um, guy right now, but where it was a guy who had amassed a, like 18 and one, 18 and two type of record, Brazilian, yeah. but hadn't faced anybody. And that I just think this is a similar type of thing. And I do think Santos has the ability to finish him or Ludbecker, whatever you're going to call, whatever he's called at this point. Um, I think, minus uh, two, a good yeah. comparison is Alex da Silva in UFC. I think That's Alex da Silva is like 20 and two, but you can't. Pick one good win out of his uh, on his record to really point out. Yeah, so Jolton uh, is a yeah. minus two seventy five favorite. Uh, again, he's coming down to one fifty five, so the gas to get to that decision yeah. could be questionable. Um, there's just a lot of questions here. That's a fifteen pound weight cut, uh, and I don't take that lightly. No pun intended, but we'll yeah. have to see. <laughs> We'll have to see, but we're on Joel Tan here again. That's, that's a big weight. And uh, Wayne's and going, you know, you got to go carefully on this first uh, PFL in yeah. two years. So yeah, we'll um, keep uh, we'll keep reminding people throughout the video. One fifty-five. Not go too heavy on these initial fights. <laughs> so yeah, this, next so one Joel Tan was what minus two fifty. Two seventy-five. Okay, that's yeah, that's reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Next fight here, we got Brendan. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, next fight here, no problem. Next fight here, we got Brendan Longenahan versus Shaman Marias. Shaman Marias of formerly of the UFC, uh, taking on Brendan Longenahan, known for his Dana White Contender Series um, decision where uh, Dana did not give him a contract because apparently you have to finish to get a contract, and then that's changed now with the amount of contracts being given on the Contender Series, but... Longahan, not lucky enough to be part of that sweepstakes. Um, he's been the PFL's uh, gain so far. Um, looking really good, I believe, on a five-fight win streak currently. 19-3 um, and three overall, 31 years of age. Nice age to be. Um, and he hasn't really taken on too much yet in PFL. Two guys he's taken on have been uh, – Decent to middling strikers, Matt Waggy and David Volante. Um, but he beat both of them, really controlled the game, showed his takedown ability. Looks like he's well-rounded, uh, shaping into a well-rounded guy. His last loss in his last six was to Pat Healy by split decision. Um, put away Mike Wilkinson, uh, has put away some other guys on the European scene, has a split to Tom Duquinoy as well. So it seems that uh, – Decent UFC competition just gets him by. And was he facing this time? But a decent former UFC competition, Shaman Marias. 11 and 4 now, 30 years of age, uh, fighting out of Black House MMA and Team Noguera. Uh, two fight losing streak, although those two fights were to Sadiq Youssef and Andre Feely. Also has a third round loss to Zabit Magushimad Shapirov. 
Um, his wins coming over Julio Arce by split and Matt Sales. So not too crazy about those wins either. Um, Brendan Longahan should be able to do what Brendan Longahan does. Uh, if, if he keeps looking the way he has in his last couple fights, uh, mixing up the takedowns a little bit, using those really good leg kicks, uses good body work as well. 19 and 3 has the experience advantage. Um, just overall, I think Shaman Marias is a little bit sloppy, um, but does kind of go in there and look to really strike. Um, you know, has the power advantage here. I think if there's going to be a finish, it would be Brandon Longhand's side uh, that gets the finish. Um, but I'd, or it would be Shaman Marias' side that gets finished. But I think Brandon Longhand just kind of out um, techniques him in the stand up, out techniques him with the wrestling and the grappling. And uh, I'll take Longhand to get another decision here. Uh, Marias is really tough. Uh, didn't get finished by Sadiq Youssef or Andre Feely. Uh, it's hard for me to say he's going to get finished here, but I just think he gets a little outclassed. Longhand, uh, just the better overall guy. So I got Longhand decision. Yeah, they've been calling Brendan 10-second uh, Brendan these days because he went for that takedown with 10 seconds left on mm -hmm. uh, Contender Series, and that's what Dana White really pointed out. Yeah, uh, that was the reason he did not get the contract, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's sad. That's his that's his nickname. Ten, he's proud. He's he said it in his interviews. Ten second Brendan is what they call me. He's put that but, chip right on his shoulder, and uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love fighters with chips on their shoulder. Yeah, everybody's got one. He's out to prove Dana wrong. He's like, you made a mistake not choosing me. He's got a uh, an opportunity to win a million dollars here. He's going to go out, look his best. Shaman is a uh, ex-UFC fighter. He's yep. faced – they threw him to the wolves right off the bat. Like Zabit Magomedsharipov. Yep. Uh, he fought Sadiq, Yusuf, Andre Feely. All these guys are in the top 15. Yep. So, and uh, in WSOF, he even fought really good opponents like Marlon Marais. Uh, I, there's another one I can't think of right now, but – yeah, he's been uh, been tested. That eleven and four record is deceiving. Uh, you got to put his uh, caliber of opponents in effect, mm -hmm. but at the same time, three of his wins have come by split. So, say those three went the other way, he'd be eight and seven as a professional, and right. uh, he wouldn't even have a a platform right now with he an eight be and seven for a million dollars. That's for sure. Yeah, he would not be in this predicament if. Uh, if another judge went the other way in those three split decisions. Yep. So Brendan's a hard-nosed grinder. He's from Manchester, England. Those guys grow up fighting. Yep. Um, Shaman is getting old. He lost by knockout pretty badly. Well, Brendan's his, older. His, how old is he? Brendan's uh, 31 and Shaman's 30. <laughs> it just seems like Shaman's like 36 or 37. Shaman's I don't know worse, why. Man, and he bleeds a lot. Yeah, and that last knockout he had, it just it just seemed like he had chin deficiency. Um, Brendan is no finisher of his own, but he goes in there and he has so many tools to just um, edge out rounds. Yep. And with Shaman having a, a track record of close decisions, I have Brendan uh, winning this unanimously. Uh, the only worry I, worry I have is... Um, Shaman maybe clipping him with something, something crazy. I don't know. 
Like yeah. these Brazilians can catch you. He's got power. And, he's got good Muay Thai, good knees. Um, elbows are not allowed in PFL. No. That's yeah, one so that's, thing. That's and a that is weapon. a tool of shamans. A big so. weapon of his. On the inside, he loves delivering elbows. Mm-hmm. And um, Brendan has no fear of uh, eating oh. those on the yeah. inside. So he can take them down as many times as he wants. Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, PFL knows what they're doing here. And Brendan's I, a big name. I know he's not that big of a name, but he's I think they there. see star potential in him. And uh, he should be able to cruise by Shaman here and score at least three points uh, towards the playoff brackets. Yeah, and I do think part of what Dana didn't want to sign was a decision machine, which is what Brendan Lagahan's going to be for a long time. I mean, and yeah. uh, what Brendan Lagahan can do to Marais, he can do to a ton of the guys. Marais definitely sails and Arce, he'd do it too. And I just think Dana doesn't want that. Uh, yeah. Dana wants guys who – go in there and fight for your money in a different kind of way than fight for their own money to, you know, secure the wins. So yeah, I, like, I, I like how Brendan fights to be clear. Me too. Uh, and I think that the odds are way off here. Um, this is one where I was expecting Brendan to shoot to the moon because I was like, Oh, they've been talking about him so much. Dan, what contender series only a minus minus one seventy. Um, wow. I really like that price. Plus one forty for Shaman, who could be eight and seven right now. And if he yep. was eight and seven, where are the odds we're looking at? Flat, yeah. Minus seventeen hundred. Wouldn't be in PFL. He'd be fighting right. in the Brazilian circuit. It's just you know, and I think that's a yeah. And I think the no elbows thing. I mean, the the rules are literally stacked against him. I love Aliyev and uh, you know Longahain as a little two piece parlay to get a really decent little. That'd number. be like plus two hundred almost. Yeah, definitely, um, mm-hmm. and I think both those numbers should shift. So I we did are- a podcast with um, Adam Martin, and we talked about this fight yeah. uh, like two months ago when they first announced the uh, lineups, mm-hmm. and we both predicted Brendan would be at least a minus two fifty favorite. So yeah. seeing him at minus one eighty five, one minus one ninety seems uh, very, I don't know, very approachable uh, uh, from a pe- betting perspective. I agree. So we'll see if it's a trap or not, but I'm going to go with Aliyev and Longahan and see where it gets me. Um, so we are moving on here. That fight is a great fight. It's at 145. Yeah. We have three more fights here, or four more fights here to break down. Another 145 one here. Bubba Jenkins versus Lance Palmer. Uh, this is uh, Bubba Jenkins has been around, man, 33 years old versus 34 in Lance Palmer. Uh, Bubba Jenkins uh, fighting on Black House. Um, Going to have a slight reach advantage, but it doesn't really matter for Lance Palmer. Uh, Bubba Jenkins, also a wrestler and a very good MMA wrestler at that. Um, he's definitely played spoiler to a, a you know some decent guys. Has a decision win over Goti Yamaguchi, who just lost to Dan Moret, but still a good guy. Um, beat Joe Wilk. Um, beat Jordan Parsons to kind of spoil him back when he was a prospect. Uh, has two losses to Georgie uh, Karikian, both of them getting finished, one uh, triangle or one guillotine and one punch KO. Uh, got KO'd by Ali Bagad or got uh, submitted by Ali Bagov uh, by a reverse triangle. That was his last loss. He is coming off of impressive win over Lucas Martins. Uh, got a ground and pound finish. Lucas Martins, uh, former. Uh, UFC uh, guy himself, 
20 and four. So definitely a good win for him there. Um, you know, and uh, so that's interesting, but very different fighter from what Lance Palmer is. Lance Palmer, uh, former team alpha male. Uh, was he a coach there or no? Uh, yeah, I think he was part of the coaching staff. Like, yeah, he was like one of the wrestling coaches of Ohio State wrestler, one of the better collegiate wrestlers to come over into MMA, and that's what he does. Um, he goes in there and gets decisions, and you know. But I mean, everybody who he beats, he gets decisions against pretty much. Uh, he did give Luis Rafael Laurentino his second loss, and he got ground and pound finish in the third round. Uh, in that fight, that was his last um, finish, but he hasn't lost a fight since Andre Harrison back yeah. in World Series of Fighting 2017. Um, he also had a decision loss to De Almeida back then in 2015. But, yeah, it's Lance Palmer. You kind of know what Lance Palmer is going to do. Um, I do think that Bubba Jenkins has good wrestling, um, you know, too. And so – Bubba Jenkins could really cancel this out. And then if it's on the feet, it's anybody's fight. Yep. It really is because Lance Palmer's stand-up is not even close to solid. Yeah. Um, you know, but his grappling and wrestling, it's hard to believe that he's not going to be able to get it there. And uh, maybe he uses the frustration uh, as fuel to um, maybe go for a finish in this one. Um, uh, Bubba has been finished several times in his career, both by KO and submission. I could see Lance Palmer possibly if, um, Bubba shoots in on a sloppy takedown, getting a guillotine and finishing it that way as well. Um, so I'm going to take Lance Palmer. I just don't know if I can pick him to get a decision It's or to get anything but a decision. It's just hard to. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, complaining. Like, he doesn't care if he gets the finish or not. He's just concentrated on the win. If yeah. he wins by decision, he doesn't care. He says he's going to leave PFL if uh, if he wins twice by a dominant decision and he doesn't make the playoffs, he's going to leave regardless. So uh, these, these two have had history together. They fought in the NCAA wrestling circuit. Okay. Uh, Lance Palmer actually lost three times to Bubba Jenkins in wrestling. Lance Palmer ended up winning one time, so they're three and one right mm -hmm. now. Bubba okay. has that that mental edge over him. Definitely. Um I've listened to Bubba's interviews. He seems like he's ready to go. He's with Dewey Cooper. Uh we've seen what he's what Dewey Cooper has done with Francis Nagano, uh Kevin Lee. Uh there's more athletes. I can't think of them right now. But, yeah. yeah, Bubba Jenkins, uh, he's the former Brave champion. Apparently, he came out with a crown and everything. Like, he was the he was the king over in Brave in Abu Dhabi. So, he made a name for himself in, the, uh, in that area. Uh, he has a long Bellator, uh, uh, former career in Bellator. He, what was his record? Uh, In Bellator, Bubba was eight and three. He actually has a win over Gochi Yamamochi, yep. who we just saw get robbed by Dan Moret. So that's a very um, that's a that's a win that really stands out in my eyes. Yeah, Lance, like these two might cancel each other out. It might be a sloppy kickboxing fight, 
for three rounds. We don't know. It might be some similar to the Alexander Romanov versus uh, Juan Espino because both those guys were very talented grapplers, and we got the same. I know they're heavyweights, but mm -hmm. yeah, they but cancel each the other out. They mirror each other in a lot of ways. And yeah, Bubba like, with the advantage in the wrestling. And Alec and um, Lance Palmer is eleven and zero in uh, uh, PFL, but mm -hmm. three of those wins are Alex Gilpin. Yes. So like thirty percent of his career is beating Alex Gilpin in PFL. And uh, like I'm not saying Alex work. is a bad That's fighter. Why, there's your argument to not go to UFC right there. You can fight Alex Gilpin three times and get paid to win all three. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, he gets the win bonus too. Like he's mm -hmm. he's a uh, like he's beat some decent names. I'm not gonna lie. Like Bob Bekbula, Bekbulat, Magomedov, 19 and two. Uh, Andre Harrison. He did avenge his loss to him. Uh, he actually gave Andre Harrison his first loss as a professional. Andre was 19 and 0 at that time. Yeah, he beat uh, a 34 and one guy. Perfect. Finished the 34 and one guy. I've not heard of the guy he finished. But. Oh, Louis Rafael. Yeah, he actually knocked out um Jeremy Kennedy. I'm pretty sure. This okay. guy's a crazy Brazilian. Like he's a he's a question mark. That guy. Yeah, he did. Oh no, Jeremy Kennedy knocked him out in round two. Okay. Oh no, Jeremy Kennedy. He did knock out Jeremy Kennedy, and then Kennedy got his revenge on him. So yeah, right. they had a bit of a back and forth. All right. But yeah, this is a yeah, like you said, mirror images of themselves. Uh, Lance Palmer, two-time PFL champion. He's already got $2 million in the bank for fighting for PFL, which is probably more than most UFC fighters can say they've uh, accumulated. Yep. I hold Lance Palmer in the top five featherweights um, in MMA. Uh, Bubba Jenkins is actually – he was actually um, kind of a question mark to me when I first saw his name because I know of a couple of Bubba – fighters and um yeah after doing research on jenkins i do give him a a really good chance here but lance palmer i think is just a level ahead and i'm probably gonna gonna go lance palmer by decision yep lance palmer by decision here as well uh lance palmer is currently minus 345 plus 260 on jenkins uh yeah i, I might actually take a stab like from a betting perspective i i heard bubba on um adam Adam uh, Hunter's podcast, MMA Roasted, mm -hmm. and he's he was so confident, man. Like he Being almost convinced three, me three, to bet on him. Foreign wrestling, that's interesting. So we shall yeah, see. He's got that edge. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Very interesting stuff. Uh, we are going to move on now to uh, third from the top. Uh, I believe we're going back over to the one forty-five uh, division and. Uh, we are, you know, getting closer here. This is one that I know that you're – we're both excited to see this guy back in PFL, Mavalid uh, Hayubulov, oh, yeah. um, taking on Lazar Stov Stovagdivinovic. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him Lazar here from here on out, uh, Stodovic. Um, and you so couldn't have Lazar, butchered that anymore. What's that? You couldn't have butchered that anymore. Thank, well, thank you. I'll let you take a shot in a second, too. You can host the next week. Um, Bronx Bomber uh, is his nickname. Uh, go ahead and you get to set up all these. Uh, I can't wait. Um, so uh, he is currently on a two-fight win streak. He's 14-7 and seven overall, so a little bit of a 
Salty record for the Extreme Couture representative, 32 years old now. Um, he's on a two-fight win streak, uh, had a decision win over Isaac Sheldon. Don't know who that is. Uh, got a finish over a three-and-five guy. He has been finished by Erwin Ir- Rivera in the first round. That's troubling. Uh, oh, the, uh, finished- the guy in jail right now? Yeah. That guy? Yeah, not really a guy who I've been that impressed with even before he got Thrown in. I don't think he has one UFC win. No, he didn't. He went and, 0-3. Yeah, and Tom Lee, uh, he lost to on the Contender Series, second round. Uh, Lee was just kind of able to keep the distance. Um, Lazar's best win and what he's known for is a decision win over Mike Richmond, where Richmond took everything he had and still didn't go down. So a little bit of a power question for Lazar here. And, I mean, he's decent. But uh, I just think that he's taking on a guy in Habyurov um, Movalid, who's just levels above him, nicknamed the killer for a reason, uh, had that 10-second knockout of uh, Damon Jackson, um, had a majority draw with Andre Harrison. Uh, It was very close. Um, But I do think Movalid won that fight, but it was a close one, and Harrison was able to cancel him out with a lot of his grappling. Um, to be honest, he did get finished by Daniel Pineda, who was on steroids. So that got changed to a no contest, but Pineda finished him in 29 seconds. Um, so there's that. It doesn't say if it was steroids. It might have been marijuana. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Pineda served a two-year suspension for steroids in PFO. Um, oh, is but, that why he went to the UFC? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure it was not marijuana. Um because he had another win overturned, and he looked like a different fighter over there. Um, Mavalid was able to rebound with a rear naked choke against a 16-10 and 10 guy. Um, yeah, I just expect him here to just get a finish. I think a first-round finish could very well be in order um, for him as well. He's just the better guy overall here. Lazar, 32 years old. His best days are behind him, and his best days weren't that amazing. He's been finished by... Thon Lee been finished by Urban Rivera was um, we don't know if, if these were finishes or not earlier in his career um, as they just say losses. Um, but it's been there was some decent competition, but never seemed to beat that decent competition. Um, he does have a win also over Jordan Parsons. So that's two guys on this card who their best win is Jordan Parsons, Bubba Jenkins, and now uh, Lazar. Um, Lazar did finish him. But uh, I like Mavalid here uh, to get a first-round finish. And uh, he's one of my favorites for the tournament overall. Yeah, Mavalid is a beast, man. Like, I can watch that 10-second highlight reel uh, flying knee knockout over and over again on a loop. Like, that that was something special. He made Damon Jackson uh, delete all his social medias because – he just couldn't – I don't know if people were tagging him in it or what, but uh, it, it, it got viral knockout. It was a viral knockout, yeah, and I don't know. He deleted all his social medias after that. Um, he went to a draw with Andre Harrison, who we spoke about, one of the best wrestlers uh, in, um, in MMA, period. Yep. The no contest to Daniel Pineda. He has a win over Herbert Burns, who's uh, in the UFC – he didn't show the best account of himself, Herbert Burns, in his last fight, but I think there were some weight issues going on there. Yep. I think Herbert Burns actually lost to Daniel Pineda. 
But um, yeah, Mavlid did uh, get that rebound win, mm-hmm. rear naked choke against uh, nobody really worth mentioning. Yeah, Sixty and ten guy. Yeah. Yeah, Lazar um, also has two wins, really not worth mentioning, and losing to Irwin Rivera, who um, first round. Yeah, who I really don't think is uh, that high level. Ton Lee, I do think is better than Irwin, but still, like, he got knocked out back-to-back. He beat two guys that are, uh, like, just not mentionable. And Mavlid, Mavlid has a has a place in the PFL already. He's got that highlight reel knockout. People know who he is. I think PFL matched – oh, actually, Lazar's coming in short notice. I don't know if you mentioned this. Jason yes, I forgot Soares. to Yep. Yeah, Jason Soares was uh, the original opponent. Lazar's already been knocked out twice. Mavlid, like you said, uh, what's his nickname? It, it's the um, killer. Or the killer. killer. It's just killer. Like, not it's even it's that easy. It's that, not yeah, even killer. Dumb, just killer. Just killer. Like it, it just doesn't get more straightforward than that. Uh, his finishing rate is actually only eight out of fifteen finishes. So half of his wins are by decision, and when he goes. To a decision, it's never a question. It's seven unanimous. Uh, he is still undefeated since that Daniel Pineda knockout was overturned, and it was kind of controversial in my decision, in my opinion. Um, he got uh, leg kicked, and like there was a barrage of hooks, but Mavlid was never actually completely unconscious. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Pineda w- was on the sauce apparently, so. Indeed. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely should be a no contest in my opinion. And he's had plenty of time to recover from it. So yeah, yeah and he's already rebounded with that rear naked choke. And he, yeah, he was never unconscious. It was a twenty nine second, I think, kind of like a fluke. Almost, you could almost say a fluke uh, type of uh, loss there. Not even a, an official loss. So yeah, I'm with Modlet all day. Probably knockout. I'm not gonna bet on somebody who's fourteen and seven and coming in short notice. Yeah, Mavlid is a minus 590. Uh, a little steep price there. Is that the biggest uh, favorite on the card? I believe he is the biggest favorite on the card tied with the main event. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, if I were to say between this and the main event without spoiling it, I'd feel more confident in this one than the main event uh, to bet a 590 on here. Mm-hmm. Just because Clay Collier is a wild man. And so, like, a wild man at that price. Uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, night. Lazar does come from a good team, Extreme Qatar and American Top Team. Like I yep. said before, don't go heavy on these first initial fights. Yep, very true. So um, we're going to move on now uh, to the next co-main. fight here, the co-main event of the evening. And the order of this might be all the way around. It's topology. Um, so, you know, but I do, I am sure this will be the co-main. Natan yeah. Schult, um, PFL two-time winner, correct? Yeah. Of the 155 Another division. Another $2 million in his bank account. Yeah, and who the hell was Natan Schult before he was in PFL? No one knew who he was. I don't think anybody still knows who Natan Schult is. Well, correct. He's uh, he's the invisible millionaire, though. Uh, yeah. Taking on Marcin Held, uh, Natan Schult, 23-1. and one. Marcin held 26 and seven. The Poland product is 29. They're both 29 years old. Um, 71 inch reach for him, 69 inch for uh, shoot. Marcin held 
I'll start with the Polish yep. grappling kind of superstar known for his leg locks, known for his heel hooks. Um, he's gotten some good guys in them as well. Uh, he also has the ability to fight to a decision, got to a decision against Diego Brandau in his last MMA bout. Um, has Go been down in- a bit more then? I just want to point out one thing. Go down on the topology a bit more. I think it's coming up. There it is. Yeah. Look at that win. Yeah, and his one win in the UFC was Nazareth Hatpressed. That's um, huge. Yeah, and his losses were to Diego Sanchez before Diego Sanchez was shot. Um, Joe Lozon was a split decision, really good fight, and he was winning against Demir Hadzovic. He got caught he with a perfect him. got caught with a perfect knee as he was in Minari rolling in. Yeah. Um, but you know that that will happen. But Marcin held. I really rate in high regard with his grappling. I think his grappling is very legitimate. Um, I like that he's been on Polaris' scene a little bit here. Had some mixed results, but going against some decent guys, PJ Barch, I know is a very good guy, um, as as is Kieran Deverne. Um, I don't know Ashley Williams as well, but I do like that he's staying active in the grappling bout, testing himself against good guys. Also, he'll hook Callan Potter um, mm-hmm. in his – yeah, UFC former UFC fighter, UFC winner as well. So um, he's on a three fight MMA winning streak. Actually, yeah, three four fight MMA winning streak. Uh, Hasbrat started that out, um, and I think that it's going to be a very well rounded, uh, well matched fight here against Natan Schult. Uh, Natan Schult of American Top Team, the Brazilian. Just kind of good everywhere, but particularly in the grappling, uh, is really really strong. Um, can get a decision, also has several submissions in the PFL as well. Variety of chokes, rear naked choke and arm triangle choke over Aliyev as well. Um, yeah, I think this is one that's going to be very close again. I think it's grappler versus grappler. We might see. It might be who has the best stand-up winning this fight. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see either guy being able to submit the other guy. I think they're both too high level. And both they, I think they really mirror each other. I think this is a decision all day, um, and it's who can kind of dominate the grappling exchanges. And I'll say short, but I wouldn't bet on it, uh, especially at the price it's at. I think held at the price he's at is making it very tempting to want to bet on him, but I can't do it. I got to go with short. I'm picking both two-time winners here. I wanted to go against one of them. And both of them I think have very tough fights, and I could definitely see one of them losing or both losing, honestly. And with the prices they're at, it's risky. Go light here. Go light. Yeah, yeah Schultz, good advice. Schultz would be my deci- choice by decision. Yeah, Marcin Held, I thought he was all, a lot older than 29. I thought he was no. like 36, 37. But he's in the prime of his career. He has an opportunity to win a million dollars. Natan Schultz has already won the million dollars twice. So it's it's um, tough to see where his motivation is at at this point is in his career. He's done no, it's twice than already. Two, no, it's better than $2 million. Another yeah. million. $3 million. Do you know how much that camps take? Do you know how much that agents take, management takes, taxes take in yeah. both countries? I mean, that $2 million, you know, in the words of succession, that's you're a poor rich man. Well, that's only from the uh, – finales he got paid the entire year as well whatever the the fight contracts were yeah so i'm, I'm guessing he got like, at least 
three yeah. three million, three point yeah. two million. No, if, right. if he's smart with his money, he he should be in a wealthy spot. Yep. Um, Marshine Held has never had that yet. He's never held a million dollars, Marshine. Yeah. Like I, you like that? I see pun? what you did. I see what you did there. <laughs> so twenty nine. They're both in their prime, actually. Still, they're both the same age. A yep. uh, lot of high level experience on high level experience on both ends. Good grapplers. Um, American top team versus the Polish fighter um, out of Ancos MMA. I've heard of Ancos MMA. I can good grappling camp if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, rush uh, Polish prospects from there. Uh, like uh, somebody fighting on KSW this weekend. Um, yeah, a lot of names I can't pronounce, but <laughs> yeah, a lot oh, of yeah, KSW Go ahead after fighting. talking about Lazar. Go ahead and try out those pronunciations. Yeah, I, I'm going to just call him Lazar. <laughs> uh -huh. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Marcin Held, Polish, the Polish uh, MMA scene has been, has been on full display. Polish He's, power. Polish power all around. Gamera. And this guy might not have the knockout power, but he's got the submission power, and he's got the the hunger. He's got the he's he's just got an opportunity that not a lot of fighters get. Um, one fifty five pounds. That's his natural weight class. Yes, sir. I don't think he's ever really went to one seventy or one forty five. Nope. And that win over Nazrat Hackbrass just keeps keeps uh, catching my eye, like. I gotta rewatch that fight because it's just hard to believe he has a win over somebody that talented. Maybe he got him while he was still green in his career. Yeah, and that is probably more of the case. But I don't know. I don't know where Natan's motivation is. He he's on like a crazy win streak. He's got a draw to Johnny Case. That's the only the only um like uh, bad thing I can say. Really, he lost to Islam Mamadev. By an arm bar in round two, but I don't – or Marshine Held could easily get, get an arm bar or a heel hook, grab one of those limbs and just yank. So, yeah, like you said, uh, I know the odds for this. I don't like Natan Schultz's odds at all. I don't even like parlaying him. No. Even though he is a former two-time champion, Marshine Held, is, held his own with, with some of the best in the sport. He's only 29. I really thought he was older than that. And, uh, yeah, this might be his time to shine. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes held with his submission, he is a submission over position guy at times, and Schultz could really exploit that and ride it to a decision here. Uh, yeah, also, we've seen that numerous times. Yeah, yeah I can so, see that happening. Uh, minus 420 is Schultz. So that's that's crazy talk to me. Uh, yeah. Really leaning me towards uh, taking the underdog at plus 340 and Marcin Held. Uh, who can get a submission or decision. Um, I'm going to have to really think about that one because uh, I am – I'll be honest, I'm tempted. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We I'm leaning towards Schultz with a close decision, though, which means that the guy who, again, who I think can finish and also get a decision is uh, held in this case. So we'll see. Uh, any thoughts on this before we head to the main event? I'm just taking a look at Natan's uh, opponents. Uh, he did beat – aforementioned Ahmad Aliyev, who were really high on on this card. He beat Radzabov yep. in the uh, finale, Rashid Magomedov, Chris Wade twice. Like, he's got he's got the names to back up that minus uh, 450 favorite um, odds, but it's just 
I want to I want to see how these fights play out after a year hiatus and how all the fighters look with the empty arena. Uh, nerves can play in effect. Uh, ring rust. So yeah, let, let's just uh, let's take it easy this card and we'll uh, we'll see what we'll go heavier the next time. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, we are going to move on to our main event now of the evening. Uh, it takes place at 1:55, and it is the return to MMA of Clay Collard. Also, Classy. I think this is uh, PFL debut. I guess would be the more notable part here. But hey, I like Clay Collard. Uh, Cassius Clay Collard. Cassius, uh, that's right. Yeah, Cassius. You know the for, the former professional boxer had some decent luck over there, uh, taking on Anthony Showtime Pettis. Uh, Old school, you know, old school, new school MMA favorite, um, you know, kind of a legend, if you will, uh, definitely in the game. He was on the uh, Wheaties box. Yeah, he was the first athlete on the Wheaties box at that um, and had the Showtime kick that launched MMA into kind of the era we're in now. He's now 34 years old. Anthony's 34 years old now. Uh, coming back down to 155, had had a stint up at 170. Clay Collard is where I'm going to Collard is where I'm going to start. Unfortunately, two fight losing streak in boxing, but before that, uh, had some you know really solid wins. Um, I believe the Maurice Williams fight, he was a gigantic underdog for, uh, and ended up cashing. Um, but overall, he went. Uh, went he was five. minus 2500 in that fight. Yeah, his minus twenty five hundred. He's gone eight, nine, and uh, three, nine and four, and nine, four, and three. Like it's kind of a crazy um, record in boxing, and did it all within about a year, uh, two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. So within two years, uh, had most of his boxing experience. Two thousand twenty one. So far, he's lost both of his fights, unfortunately. Um, and he was on a decision loss. His last MMA fight was against Randall Wallace. It was a decision back in April 19th of 2019, not that far ago. It was at 155, had a finish against Lucas Montoya in March of that year as well. It was for five rounds he was training. He finished that fight. Um, Clay Collard, Collard is a wild man, basically, uh, I don't really know if he's fight what camp he's fighting out for this or if he's been training MMA though. Uh, that's the thing. Anthony Pettis coming back down to 155 had a win over Alex Munoz uh, to end his UFC career. Uh, that was at welterweight uh, and was closer than it should have been. Also had a decision over Donald Cerrone before that uh, was worked by Diego Ferreira uh, before it finished uh, Nate Diaz. Uh, beat him pretty handily as well. Um, he had a war against uh, Tony Ferguson, then broke his hand and kind of quit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Anthony Pettis had that uh, miracle knockout of Wonder Boy, and I feel like that was kind of the last real Anthony Pettis we've seen. I get we had a few decisions to end his UFC career, but overall he's kind of – Looking like he was going through the motions of the UFC, so I think the change of scenery, I do think getting it down to 155 will help with his focus and with his overall ability to perform. I think he stays in better shape when he needs to make the weight cuts. Um, I think Anthony Pettis is the better striker here, the more diverse striker. Um, 
Clay Collard has to make this a totally wild, sloppy fest, I think, in order for it to be a chance. And still, I don't give him much of a chance. I'll take Anthony Pettis here, and I I think he'll just get a decision win, honestly. I think he's just going to kind of um, – I think Clay is tough, um, and I do think that Anthony's not going to put himself into positions he needs to to get the finish just to keep his – Keep it safe and keep this smart. I just think he's at a point in his career where Anthony Pettis isn't looking to really do the crazy stuff. But then again, he had the Superman punch to beat Wonder Boy after lo- and was losing that fight. So maybe Clay's kind of playing it to him with the boxing and he's pushed to out of his comfort zone and it makes him look great again. But I think Anthony Pettis, pre-conventional stand-up decision. I don't think this fight touches the ground on either side. Yeah, man. Um, Anthony Pettis isn't one to like take his opponents down and grind them out. He's definitely a stand-up artist and um, loves to shine in that department. Uh, Clay Cassius coming off a boxing stint, going uh, nine, four, and three, 2017 to 2021, so four years in boxing. Um, Clay's definitely going to be the younger gentleman here. 28 years old, so he's really just entering his prime. While Anthony Pettis is um, 34, reaching the, I don't want to say the end of his career, but he's got three good years left. And uh, this is a huge, huge spot for both men. I think um, Clay's going to just get out MMA'd here. He's, he's been in the boxing uh mind frame for four years now uh anthony pettis has been facing some of like the most high caliber fighters in the ufc other than alex morono i would say other than that he's faced the highest the highest caliber fighters donald cronin nate diaz stephen thompson tony ferguson michael chiesa dustin poirier jim miller Max Holloway, actually, they both have a similar loss here. Clay Collard actually lost to Max Holloway as well. They both lost to him round three knockout. So that just shows how how much pressure Max Holloway puts on his opponents and and gets them out late in fights usually with all that pressure and uh, volume. Max is one of my favorite fighters. Uh but, yeah, th- this is going to be an awesome fight, man. I see a striking war. I think the kicks are c- going to play dividends here, keep him yeah. on the outside. Uh, I think the speed is going to be around the same. Even though Anthony's only 34, he's still, like, a very fast uh, athlete. He has the technique for days. He's still fast twitch in there. Uh, he's got Duke Rufus. He's got his brother. His brother's fighting, like, next week or in two weeks against <coughs> in Very good point. Yeah, so so those guys are grinding together. Um, Clay, Clay, it says he's coming from the pit elevated team uh, out of Utah. I'm pretty pretty sure. So yeah, some some hard nosed grinders, hard nosed um, fighters from that area. So like you said, it's probably going to be a decision. I don't see Anthony. I don't see takedowns at all in this fight. I see a three round striking affair and. Uh, yeah, I just see Anthony Pettis edging it out, and he's going to try to look as as possible to look just as sharp in his next in his next fight because we got the tournament right. So 
So you don't want to take much damage in your uh, very first, uh, very first of the tournament. Yep. Um, so I agree. The odds minus six twenty. Too much. Too much. Way too much. So maybe uh, we can get a decision prop uh, come fight day. Yeah, possibly. But oh, yeah. actually, I have over and unders. One sec. I think the yeah. over two and a half might be worth looking at. And what's that? Uh, we got over two and a half is minus three hundred. I think it's uh, playable. Minus one ten. I like that. Minus one ten might be the way to go. Definitely when it's a six hundred. money. Definitely at 600, you got to figure out something. Uh, that will conclude the PFL section of the card. We're just going to quickly hop over to 1FC. Um, these are brand new odds, so we haven't gotten to look at them too much. And it's only for the top two fights of the card, um, so bear that in mind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a look at those real quick. Um, the first one is Reese McLaren, who – we're a little bit familiar with just studying uh, this this kind of level. Um, for some reason, one's topology always closes way earlier. For some reason, I don't know why they say it's like. But uh, go man event one thirty five. Reese McLaren versus Yuya Wakamatsu, um, and uh, we do have odds on this one. Uh, this is at one thirty five. Um, the Australian. We'll look at Reese Lightning McLaren. First, um, he's been around for a minute, only 29 years old, but he, at 135, that's starting to get towards the end of the prime in a way, unfortunately. He also coming off a boxing bout. Um, but uh, we look at his record, and he's fought some really good guys, fought guys like 25-2 and two over in 1FC, uh, Akhmedov, I don't know who that is, um, and Tanny Kingod at 12-1. and one. And he fought him to a split decision, was not finished, on, then was and is on a two-fight winning streak with one, beating a 15-2 and two guy by rear naked choke, and then kneeing a 7-0 and o guy in Alexei Tobinen. So, I mean, honestly, Reese has not gotten any favors since he joined PFL, or 1FC. Uh, um, and Yuya Wakamatsu, um, I'm not as familiar with him. Um, 26 years old. Um, he's going to be the younger fighter here fighting out of Tribe Tokyo. Um, but he's been in 1FC for five fights now. Also lost to Tandy Kigan. Uh, then he got Demetrius Johnson. I remember that fight. Lost mm -hmm. in the second round to Demetrius. And then since facing Demetrius, two first-round knockouts and a decision win. Um, so coming into this fight, it appears to kind of be the striker-grappler situation. Um and Yuya has been taken advantage of in the grappling department before, and I think that Reese can possibly do it again. Um, you know, I think that I'm not going to be betting this heavy at all, but uh, I, I'll take a little shot on the dog once I saw the price. Reese is a plus 300 dog. So um, I think that they face similar levels of competition, had similar results, and uh, the way that Reese wins this fight is the way Yuya loses the fight. So... <laughs> If Yuya keeps it in his world on the feet, I think Reese has a lot of trouble here. Um, but if Reese can get it down 
in two rounds, he can get a decision. And I also think he has a submission ability. So I'll take a shot on the 300 dog. Give me Reese. Holy. Yeah, those odds are definitely off. Um, Reese is more in his uh, prime at 29. Uh, Yuya, 26, the younger of the two. First off, uh, Reese has one of the best nicknames, Reese Lightning. I love yep. that. Reese Lightning, that, baby. That just rolls right off the tongue. Reese yep. Lightning. <laughs> and uh, they're both on a bit of a winning streak here. Uh, Reese has two. Yuya has three in a row. And Yuya, like, I have no um, – like it, it's not a big deal that he lost to Demetrius Johnson, in my opinion. Like, apparently he actually put up a good fight in that in that en encounter. Demetrius yeah. thought he could just roll through these Japanese fighters, and he put a put up a good first round. I thought he might have won that first round, but then Demetrius turned it up in round two and got that submission over him. Uh, yeah, Reese, New Zealand fighter, so many notable notable opponents on his um, resume. Um, yep. like, uh, he lost a split to Danny who also beat Yuya. Danny beat, uh, Yuya by unanimous, actually. Reese lost by a split, so that could have went either way. Um, who, uh, B, B, Biban, Bibiano, Bibiano Fernandez. He lost mm -hmm. by another split. Like, these judges just don't like favoring Reese here. I don't know why. You gotta remember one is, uh, judged. By the entirety it's not judged by round by round so um there could have been a really significant moment in that fight mm -hmm. uh mark strigel we've seen him in the ufc he got a rear naked choke over him ben ben nye win uh, another mm -hmm. split decision loss like if he just sharpens his tools up a bit fixes a few areas in his game he might he might uh go pretty far in this sport he's still only 29 we could see him fighting for the one championship one day. Yuya is a very fast opponent, obviously. Is this 125? This must be, yeah, bantamweight. So 135. Yeah. yeah, 135. I They got the, the dehydration thing going on. Um, yeah, Reese Lightning. Like, that's a great nickname for this weight, weight class, too. I bet you he is fast as Lightning. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tune into this fight. I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but... If my bookie comes out with odds, and like you said, plus 300 for somebody yeah. who's lost three split decisions to uh, very formidable opponents, I'll take a stab at that too. Yeah, same here. Um, and then real quickly, uh, we'll go over to the – this is just you know a little side part on um, 1FC. At this point, we're not doing full breakdowns for um, John Lineker versus Troy uh, Worthen, uh, and this yep. is at 145. Um, so featherweight fight here, Troy Worthen of Lakeland, Florida, seven and one, uh, really got into his opponent's face at the weigh-ins, as you mentioned, um, Lineker mm -hmm. did not seem too bothered by that. They stole it the entire time. Yeah. I think Lineker comes into this fight and gets, uh, gets a, gives, uh, Worthen his first, uh, KO as a, uh, pro or an amateur, you know, he's. 10 and uh, 1 altogether. His only loss coming in his last fight to Yusuf Saldulyev. Um, yep. And a 19 and 5 guy uh, who I'm not super familiar with. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I can say, Troy will be the taller guy uh, at 5'7. <laughs> so he's not, he's not a super long 145er, but he'll be the taller guy. But 
Um, typically, Troy goes in there and he tries to get the knockout. Um, and he, you know, has gotten a few knockouts um, in his career, but I just think he's, you know, faced a few decent guys, a seven and zero guy, six and one, and a nineteen and six guy. But I haven't heard of any of these guys. They're all in one, however. Uh, he's uh, three and one with one, and his only loss being in his last fight. John Lineker, on the other hand, is thirty three and nine. Uh, we know him from the UFC. Only thirty years old, five three, uh, fighting off American Top Team. Uh, he is currently 2-0 with one. He has a second-round knockout in his last fight. Fought to a decision in his first fight uh, as well. Um, he had that a split decision loss against Corey Sandhagen, which is super impressive, obviously. Yeah. Um, both his fights in one have been at featherweight. He seems to be comfortable going the distance. Um, yeah, Lineker wins this fight. I'm not going to get too creative here. Um I'll say a finish. Yeah, John Lineker was supposed to fight uh, on next week's one card, but uh, Troy's opponent dropped out, so they moved John Lineker to this to this one uh, to replace Troy's opponent. Uh, John Lineker, thirty-three and nine, but he started his career six and five, so he might have been a slow learner, or he just faced opposition that was uh, a few levels ahead of where he was at the moment. So right. thirty-three and nine, but six and five to start. So he's only lost um, four times in the past, like like ten, ten plus years. And those losses are to Corey Sanhagen, T.J. Dillashaw, Ali Bogatinov, and Louis Godino, uh, uh, Godino, Godino, Louis Godino, uh, the guy with the green hair. If you remember him, he yeah, got caught with the guillotine. Yep. Uh, yeah, and his opposition is just outstanding. Like the guys he's beat. I know uh, the biggest um, opponent for John Lineker is um, the the scale. He's missed. He might have set a record for the most times missing weight in the UFC. But which is why he's at one forty-five. Yeah. Pardon? Which is why he's at one forty-five now. Yeah, with one, you don't have to step on the scales. You just come in. Whatever weight you are, you fight. So this is a, a great promotion for his uh for for his body or just to just to avoid the whole weight cutting scenario. And he gets and, to um, fight guys who yeah, are seven they, and one. Seven yeah, against the guy seven and one. Yeah. Uh no notable names. I don't really know the the Asian scene as much. I'm not as uh, invested, but he beat Lu Chen and Ru Chen, so those those might have been brothers. I don't know, um, but yeah, like no names, no mentionable names. John Lineker really should go in there. I saw a clip. Uh, John Lineker's opponent, sorry, um, uh, Troy was doing some shadow boxing right in his face, and John Lineker just stood there like, "Buddy, let's save it for the fight." Um, yeah. Like, like uh, I think he's experience. trying to play mental games with John, and it's not working. And John's going to let his hands of stone, hands of stones, um, he's just going to unleash those hands of stone and probably knock him out. I'm hoping for a knockout. I hope we get fireworks tonight. Yeah, well, we have so far on the main events uh, in some way or another, uh, the first two. So, that again, Paul Daly a- versus Saba Hamasi fight. I got to throw that out there. One of my favorite fights I've yeah. seen in a long time. Yeah, that was a great fight. That was um, a banger. 
didn't feel bad picking Savo after at least. Um, I messaged you. I'm like, oh, Paul Daly's done. I'm like, there goes my like Yeah. And so he, he but, came yeah, back. That's, that, yeah. For now, we neither one of us is super delved into the one FC scene. No, but not yet. We, want, we definitely wanted to just cover those because we are going to be watching tonight. We suggest everybody else does. It's free TV. Um, but yeah, that does it for um, the first of three breakdowns that we have for this week. Uh, we've got the LFA breakdown tomorrow, same time around 3.30 p.m. tomorrow, Thursday. Um, that is April, whatever, I don't know, 20, 22nd. 22nd. And then um, we are going to be back later in the night. Um, as people may have seen or may not have seen, Brian Battle made it onto the Ultimate Fighter. He is going to be fighting on the middleweight division. And so he's going to be away from the podcast for a few weeks. But have no fear, you're going to have – Brandon and I, for now, the UFC as well as LFA as well as the PFL slash 1FC slash whatever else that we decide to do as we go. But and, um, yeah, and we got timestamps coming and yes. it's going to be a podcast format. Yeah, download podcast. Coffee and Knockouts podcast. Yeah, podcast is coming as well as timestamps. I was writing those down as we went. So hopefully they're somewhat accurate. But either way, um, we're doing our best. We appreciate everybody who's listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can help you guys make some money because uh, we know we've been uh, killing it with these smaller promotions and uh, looking forward to Double Breakdown Thursday tomorrow. But for Brandon, for Aaron, the dog, we are out. Have a great night, everybody. Keep taking care of each other. Peace. Peace.